What do you What do you think of the uh, What do you think of the TikTok content I've been farting out? I love I love it. It's yeah. it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> it was just like a spur of the moment thing, and wholeheartedly intend to take it forward. It's doubled my followers on that. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> a, co- a couple of them blew up a little bit. Like it's. Yeah. I was I was just like, wow, that's pretty great. Actually, while while we're on the subject. <laughs> Just before we begin, let me mm-hmm. uh, let me have a look. Let me check. Let me check TikTok one second. See where they're up to. Because I think one one of them, the Pantera, one of the Pantera ones is in the lead. Yeah. With uh, eight thousand two hundred and twenty three views, which yeah. pretty know, great. And it's it's the Primal Concrete Sledge one. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, best yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be with me. Don't put primal concrete sledge. Yeah. I love the ones that accent the snares, but the ones where it's done in a little space, like that's yeah. for some reason. Because that reminds me of shit I used to do back when I was a kid. I used to make yeah. like weird. <laughs> I used to just be so bored that I would be on the double cassette deck tape player. I would just be doing whatever weird edits I could come up with to do. And I and I always had an abundance of fart sound effects because my friends would come over and we were all just farting on a tape recorder and then they yeah. were, there they were. <laughs> so I would put them I would put them in songs. Or um, nice. my favorite one that I used to do, and I feel I feel kind of ripped off because I got ripped off by uh by, by Weird Al on this one. I remember very early on doing it with Smells Like Teen Spirit. So it was like, <laughs> and I had a whole, I had a tape where I did that, and I thought it was the most hilarious thing. And then nice. I know Weird Al did, Weird Al didn't use fart sounds, but he did sounds over that part of the song. Speaking of which, that's one to add to the playlist. Uh, <laughs> let me add that real quick because I can't believe I didn't think of that. Oh shit! Should we just like, should we have this as the intro? Should we just start, or are we, are we? Are we going? We we can start now. Hi, everyone. This is uh 2024 cranked and ranked. Ranked, 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 ranked. That was a cool delay you got there. It's very it was a very it's a very big room that I was yelling in and nobody was there. <laughs> um well, yeah. I've, I've gone ahead and added smells like teen spirit to the uh fart talk playlist, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, smells like teen gas, um, so or something like that. I was just going to say, for those who don't know, I've got a new favorite hobby, and <laughs> that consists of finding reverbed fart sound effects on YouTube and adding them into songs on TikTok, and it's it makes people smile. There's, yeah. you know, I and, I literally giggle every time. It's yeah. it's it's legit funny. Yeah, and um, I, I, th- I thought it was time for TikTok to have you know have some content with some real depth and a storyline. Yeah, yeah. And- <laughs> um, I, I keep I keep doing videos. The, the new year started, and I'm just like I'm just gonna do videos just to do them because I know that I, if I don't try, then it's never gonna work. But you know, I you know I do videos and it gets like 200 views, and then you got song farts yeah. <laughs> with, with over six thousand. And that, but it's but to be fair, that's way funnier than the shit that it, I'm doing. I've I've definitely gone down the meme route for sure. You, you can't go wrong with a good, solid, well placed fart in a song. Yeah, it's true. 
Um, I will say, people are sleeping on the Sad But True one. That one's lagging behind in terms of views. But that one, I love that one. Everybody <laughs> go follow us on the TikTok. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm old head TX, just like everywhere else. And then you're, you're just I, Eddie I'm Sparks. Just, yeah, I'm just Eddie Sparks, man. Speaking I'm of that, that's here. us. That's us. Yes. Old head, Eddie Sparks. This is Cranked and Ranked. And uh, I think that this is, I, I like this because we're setting a precedent or whatever for the, for the year ongoing that there's mm-hmm. no need for formal introductions anymore. No. Um, as long as I say the name of the show at some point, which I already did, um, then we're, we're good to go. And uh, we are starting off the year with a big one. And the the big well no I guess the biggest one is when we ever get to the Beatles that's probably the one where the most people uh, yeah. will have opinions but this one is a is a very it's it's one that it's big it's a big one yeah it's Led Zeppelin ladies and gentlemen it's in the title you can see that Led Zeppelin we're starting <laughs> off the year with uh, one of the most influential bands in rock and metal I mean they they yeah. they uh, they influence metal bands. Um, they, they influence, I'm wearing my Rush shirt. They, I, 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 I did this on purpose because the first Rush album is the one where people say Getty Lee was trying to sound like, uh, Robert Plant. Nice. And, uh, so, <laughs> you know, and I don't have any Led Zeppelin gear, but, um, um, yeah. So we're, we're, we're doing all of the Led Zeppelin albums in one episode, including Coda, which is yep. the like leftovers album. That was the last one they put out. And, you know, you know, in the thing that. I kept thinking over and over again when doing this was they're one of the most popular and influential rock bands. And they really never, they broke up and that was it. Yeah. And I mean, they, I mean, yeah, that sure page and plan have done some shit and blah, blah, blah. There's other stuff that happened, but there was never a reunion album there was never really a reunion yeah. at all, like where it was think, Led Zeppelin. There was that that never happened, as far as I, th- I remember. I, I think the closest thing is Celebration Day, that um, you know re- reunion concert in like two thousand seven. But yeah, there yeah. was like there were a couple times, like two or three times in the eighties and nineties, where they did like TV appearances. Most no- most notably the the infamous Live Aid one. Where oh yeah 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 that tends to get trashed on a lot. <laughs> I haven't actually seen much of it. I just remember hearing it was uh, a little janky. Um, but it's just its just so funny to me that all of these, so many bands, even ones that you're like, there's no way they're, they're going to ever reunite. They all sort of end up doing some sort of reunion thing, carrying on the band name. And Led mm-hmm. Zeppelin, the one where they could literally probably make a billion dollars doing it. Yeah. <laughs> they... They they haven't, and to me it's it's great because I, it it really puts a lot more weight on the actual output that they did. Yeah. But on top of that, it further solidifies a theory that I have, where they they're they are an amazing band, but their secret weapon was John Bonham, mm-hmm. and so because like i i like you know i really got a chance to dig into these because i know all of these albums really well but the fact that we you know we we spent a couple weeks not doing this i got to go back and really listen to stuff and there were so many times where i went if another drummer was on this 
it would not yeah. have been as cool as this is. So, um, so it really like makes me think, I think they know that too. They're like, look, we're fucking great, but mm. we're, you know, we don't have John Bonham and Jason Bonham is just okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so we're going to do all nine Led Zeppelin albums and, uh, at, we normally talk about where the band came into our lives and my, this one is like a, I actually have a big story, not really a big story, but I have a big connection with this band because I got into them very early on uh, when I was a kid, when, when I first actually started going out and buying my own stuff. So probably, you know, the late 80s um, was when I actually started going and picking out my own stuff and trying to save up my money to go buy things. And one of the big things to do back at that time was go to um, there was a, there is still in, in Texas, a uh, used bookstore called half price books and half price books also has records and, and VHS DVDs, all that stuff used and pretty good prices. But in the late eighties, so many people were selling off their records because they were upgrading to CDs yeah. That you could just go in there, and I found so. I I remember I had like like an a, an original version of Abbey Road back in the day. Wow! Um, and I had an original of of Led Zeppelin four from the from like from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a I had an in through the outdoor. The inside of it you would color with water, but the one I had was completely untouched. And what did I do? I colored it with water. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I, but so, but Led Zeppelin was a big deal because I, after getting the two that I found at the, at the, at the half price books were Led Zeppelin four and into the outdoor. And I love those albums. So very quickly, I don't remember, was it 90 or 91 when the, uh, the big Led Zeppelin box set came out, the remasters, it was four CDs. It was in a box. Yeah. Um, I talked about it on one of our Christmas episodes. Cause that's the one where my brother faked me out and got me the Millie Vanilli Robin Fab CD instead of <laughs> that. And then, and then ended up actually having the Led Zeppelin box in his car. But, but that box set was a big deal because I just, I loved so many songs on that and they just became a band that I just loved listening to. Um, and then I kind of fell off. Like, as I got a little older, I got, because they're so heavily featured on like classic rock radio over here and just in general, I just got kind of burnt out. And so for a long time, we're talking mm-hmm. up until recently, I would randomly hear a Led Zeppelin song and go, that's ah, kind of cool. But I never wanted to go back and listen to any of the albums until we did this, which I'll talk about when we go into our ranking. But for you, um, I'll be, I, I don't is Led Zeppelin on GTA because I was <laughs> no, no, they're not. Come to think right. of it, I don't think they're on a game full stop. I, I, you're I probably think, right. Yeah, because they t- they tend to be they tend to be funny with that, don't they? Like I, I remember back in the day, you could never find um, tabs of their stuff on Songster, which always weirded me out. Like I remember Songster. Like, yeah, there, there was a like guitar tabs but it was like a player so it would yeah. play like a midi version of of you know a lot of people talk about ultimate guitar but th- this one had you know a little thing that would go do like a 
1993 Doom version of Master of Puppets. Back back in my day, um, you didn't have any of that shit. You had to books. Guitar Player Magazine would be like, in this one, they learn how to play Stairway to Heaven, and then you you get that or whatever. Um, But yeah, you're right. They really they don't let their stuff get used. I I feel like it's happening more now than it used to. Yeah, but you know. I, I, I think I think the idea, the the quote unquote idea of selling out has changed a lot over the years. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, it's it's have gotten comfortable with the idea of like, well, it's mine. Why would I not make money off of it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Prime example being um Metallica with Stranger Things. I mean, for for ages they were like, you know, I mean, of course they did that song for Mission Impossible, but you yeah. Know. They're, they're a lot more open these days to like putting their stuff in things. <laughs> and if it's and if it's you and if it's used in a meaningful way, why not? Like I have no, I I wouldn't have, I would have a problem. Like I I hate it when they change lyrics and use a song mm. in like a commercial. One of one of the this is not on topic at all, but one of the uh, things that annoyed me so much that I yelled at my TV when I saw it. Um, I may have talked about this in some other episode, but um, in the was it the early 2000s or late 90s when um, Jam Master J from Run DMC was murdered, and and it was a big deal, and I was like, you know, I loved Run DMC, and I was like, oh, it's it's so fu- it's fucking sucks, and there's a really there's a part I, I think it's in is it called is it hit it run the song but it ends with them doing a little thing where they do Run DMC and Jam Master J, and like you know it's a really great part of that song. And then all of a sudden, there's a fucking Dr. Pepper commercial. And they use that sample in it, only it goes, Run, DMC, and Dr. Pepper! Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I was just like, how? No! That, that right there is fucking selling out. You're like, oh, the uh, dude that got murdered? Leave him out and throw in Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it's like... So that's the kind of shit where I'm like, that's selling out right there, Run, DMC. Do you remember what you yelled at the TV? I pro, pro, knowing me, I probably went "fuck off" or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was the late '90s, so I don't remember what. But, but I just remember like like being in a room. I think I was I was at my my friend's apartment, and I think I audibly was just like, "How the fuck could they do that?" Mm. But I just anyway. That's once again, it's not my music. They can do with it what they will. But but just imagine, like, you know, Stairway to Heaven and she's buying insurance from Geico or something like that, you know? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I don't know. Anyway. So, wait, where did you first hear Led Zeppelin? (laughs) Uh, I think it was just, I think it was after I watched Wayne's World one time where it was like, you know, I should probably find out how Stairway to Heaven actually sounds because I'd never heard it up to, you know, watching the film. But and you, but you to, saw, but you saw the VHS version where, the, where he doesn't actually play Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does that but in, the, in the in the theater? He literally goes, and then it stops. Yeah, it. but yeah. wow. That that's got to be like lost media now at this point, right? You can find. I've seen people post it on TikTok. You can find it uh, out there. Somebody, somebody out there somewhere. I don't know how they got it, but the original. You can hear it with the original sound. Wow. Yeah. I'll have to, anyway, I have to see that. But uh, 
Yeah, honestly, you know what? It might even be on the shelf somewhere, but my introduction to Led Zeppelin was also that same CD box set because my uncle had it. Oh, okay. And it was lying around, and I basically said, hey, I want to get into more 70s stuff because up to that point, I'd gotten really into kind of the 80s thrash stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I hadn't quite hit the glam thing yet, but I was deep into grunge. Yeah. But some of the grunge bands had a lot in common with 70s bands when it came to the riffage. Yeah. So I was like, well, if 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 this thing that I'm really into is really into this thing, this thing's got to be really cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I basically sought out Led Zeppelin, uh, listened to the box set over the course of a few days, couple weeks maybe, and I was just like, how did I not know so many of these awesome riffs? I mean, I knew so I knew the big ones, you know. Yeah, yeah. Some of them that get like less airtime. I was like, oh, that fucking rules. So, um, yeah. Simply put, the box set. <laughs> okay. Nice. And here we are now. So yeah. I, I got I got to to almost sort of re kindle my relationship with led zeppelin doing Mm. this because i never really i never really hated them or didn't like them i just got kind of tired of them and and i i figured out what aspect of it made me tired and it's the and it is the aspect that i still think is the weak aspect of led zeppelin but i'll get to that but that being said though i have to admit like I now have been infected by this thing that where now I want to get all the Led Zeppelin albums because I've just, there's so yeah. many moments where I went, Oh, this fucking song too. Like it, it's, yeah. it's, there's just so every single album that we're going to talk about has at least two or three songs that I just go, Oh fuck, this is on this. It gets yeah. so, um, so there's going to be really no, the only negativity is going to be directed at one person in general. Um, and, and I'll, I'll get that out of the way probably in a couple albums here real quick, but, um, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, I, I was, so I, I'm just like, you know, it's like people say, people like to comment and say things like, Oh, that's so overrated or overplayed. I'm like, well, no, you, you just, you're probably listening to it too much. And if you really like take a step away from these things that are quote unquote overplayed, when you come back to it after a good period of time, you're like, yeah, the fuck was I thinking? (laughs) So that that was like, that was like me with smells like teen spirit by Nirvana. You know, I Mm -hmm. was like, there's so many other Nirvana songs I like. Why is yep. this the one that only ever gets played on TV? Um, but then I, you know, after a while of not hearing Nirvana, when that song came on, I was like, man, this is an anthem, dude. Yep. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Game changer. And, and, and you know, uh, that that particular band is another band that would not exist without Led Zeppelin. Early on, Nirvana was yeah. covering Led Zeppelin songs. They covered Heartbreaker, and I think mm. they... They may immigrant have song. Another, there's, Im- there's footage they did immigrant of, song too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's footage of them like jamming in a room, but they've like grungified it, like really just roughed it up. So it's like, dun, 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 dun. So, so needless to say, like so much music that I love, the most important music in my life, all all of the bands would probably say, "Yep, Led Zeppelin had part of it." 
Yep. So let's so it's it's about time that we got to this to Led Zeppelin. So let's get into this. Let's let's do our ranking, which we'll do from the least good to the most good. And as as usual, I tried my best to find that middle ground between objective and subjective. Um, and I think I did it. I feel eighty two percent secure with my ranking. <laughs> um, so, uh, but as usual, I'm gonna throw it over to Eddie Sparks to start us off with his number nine. Number nine. Number We're gonna nine. get to the Beatles. Yeah. Number nine. How many? <laughs> what they need to? to can you, here's what you need to do. You need to redo <laughs> that song by the Beatles. Only have the guy from GTA go number it, nine. Big smoke. Yeah. Number nine. <laughs> Ringo smoke. <laughs> anyway, all right. Number nine Led Zeppelin album. Okay. Okay. So my number nine Led Zeppelin album is Coda. Hey, same. I mean, it makes sense. So yep. we, we we match up here with Coda. And, and it, it's one of those that's like debatably a studio album, but really it's like a it it's it's a compilation of songs that they had completed but just never made the albums. And what um, two two of them are live, I believe, but they're but they're yeah. record but they're recorded. It doesn't the way they're, re- they're recorded and mixed, it doesn't necessarily sound live. It just, you know, it's a yeah. live performance, I guess. It, it, I think they had, like, a few guitar overdubs, and they wiped as much of the audience out of the mix as you could. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's a bits and bobs compilation sort of thing. But yep. kicking it off, I mean, we're, we're going to groove. You know, it's a live recording with some guitar overdubs and the audience eliminated, like I said. Cool song, though. Uh, poor Tom. Led Zeppelin three outtake kind of folky track as expected for that era of the band. Yeah. Uh, there's a live version of I can't quit you baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second half in my opinion is where it gets good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's two, there's like, two songs in particular on this second half that I'm just like, yeah. 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 And I, I, I think there's a high chance that you and I are going to be in agreement on what those are. <laughs> yeah. Probably. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, like Walter's Walk, driving energy in that track. Love it. Mm. Um, Ozone Baby, fun rock track. Darlene is just some swaggering rock and roll goodness here. I love that one. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Bonzo's Montreux. Yes. Crazy, crazy weird and wild I, drum solo. I love that. It's so cool. It's, it's just so wacky and strange, yeah. but it's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly, um, I wish that bands would do stuff like that more often now. Like, yeah. just throw some sort of weird solo track on there that you fuck with somehow. Because in the middle of yeah. an album, it's actually kind of cool as long as it's not too long. And the, and Bozo's mantra is not. It, I don't think it, it's too long. I think it's perfect. Yeah, yeah it's, it's cool. But like, I said Bozo's mantra, Bonzo's yeah, I think, ma- I, mantra. I, I think you did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not the clown. Because you now all of a sudden there's a clown. Yeah. All right, AI, we're going to create Bozo the Clown playing a drum solo. <laughs> but it's all like horns and cartoon sounds. <laughs> and he, and all, all, all around him are those little buckets you have to throw the balls in. <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, but yeah, the, the closer, I think, is the highlight, wearing and tearing. Yeah. Underrated as hell. Awesome song. And how it didn't make in through the outdoor most of this second half is in through the outdoor outtakes 
into yeah. the outtake, and, uh, if you will. And, and I think where you turn, it's their fastest song, right? I don't think they did anything. That's the fastest they ever got. It's it like borders on metal. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's cra- it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, there's a real bite to that, and yeah. you know, again, this is going to be a, a love fest pretty much from the get go because there are at least a few kick-ass moments on every album here yep yep um but with that that is that is my number nine number nine number nine also also my number nine uh so that yeah so this one was in 1982 so it was released uh after john bonham had died yes and um and i i i honestly i think this is kind of the way you do it like if you're yeah you're you're a band that ever that a lot of people love a large amount of people love your band and then your band is pretty much over and then it's definitely over because you know your secret weapon has passed away and i think yeah. this is the way you do it just put out polish up and put out an album of some unreleased stuff and just and don't over bloat it like that's the thing is it mm. i i so, there's something great about a, just a tight eight to 10 track of unreleased stuff. We don't need 10 demos and 10 live performances of songs that are on other albums that are live. Like I just, I like how they did this. It's just, yeah. you know, so it's, it, it is my number nine, but only because it's, it is just leftovers. And yeah. some, some of the songs are just okay. In my opinion, when it comes to Led Zeppelin's output, but yeah, there's some bangers on here, but yeah, it, it just, I, I, that's the one thing I'm going to have to say about it is I love how they did it. I think this is the perfect way to close out, you know, if your band suddenly stops like that or whatever, um, yeah. this is great. It's perfect. Everybody take note and sh- you know, do, do something like Coda. Don't just, you know, take the best and put it out in a little album. So anyway, yeah. Also my number nine Coda. Cool. So that brings us to number eight. And my number eight is we're currently going chronologically backwards. So my number eight <laughs> is In Through the Outdoor. Hey, mine too. Uh, okay. In Through the Outdoor, which is already funny. matched up twice. What a way to start the year. But, but it's, it's funny because In Through the Outdoor is, I would say, one of my favorite Led Zeppelin albums. But I, but when when I got to the point of comparing it with the other things they did and what they accomplished yeah. with what period of their band, this one I had to go. It's got to go at eight. But I fucking love this album. I think it's great. Uh, I am one hundred percent with you because uh, yeah. it's really cool throughout. But there is something there that's making me think. You know, if I stack this next to you know, for example, physical graffiti, yeah. I'm going to go with physical graffiti as something that embodies Led Zeppelin. But this this album's interesting because it's basically them. uh, They've bought a synthesizer and they're just making a bunch of different sounding songs. Like not one song on this album sounds the same. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, kicking it off in the evening is cool as hell. Like really sprawling, psyched out, synth laden rock track. That just makes me think about riding a motorcycle through the desert in fucking Arizona. Be yeah. Cool as hell. 
But, you know, there are certain songs that make me think of the start of the Wild Child video by Wasp where Blackie Lawless is on a fucking Harley oh. just, like, riding through the desert. And yeah. it's just, that just, it just gives me that vibe, man. Like, I love it. Um, Southbound Suarez, bouncing piano rock and roll groover. Fool in the rain, man. Like, that yeah. shuffle, good Lord, that is tasteful. Like, I love yeah. a shuffle beat. Rest in peace, John Bonham. And fuck it, rest in peace, Jeff Picaro as well, because some of the great shufflers went to bloody soon. Yeah. And, um, yeah, love a, love a good Rosanna shuffle. Um, hot dog. Uh, fuck the world. No, no. <laughs> Not that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was Kiss thinking, I was my starfish. <laughs> Baby, stop it, stop it, stop it. I was thinking to myself, this is definitely your favorite song because, you know, it, it being a hoedown, honky-tonk sort of yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's definitely not the highlight for me. <laughs> but to, oh. be, to be fair, when, when somebody from another country does a song like that i like it a little more because yeah. i just i feel like they're 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 not gonna try to to molest my cousin or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> or molest their cousin <laughs> or molest their cousin somebody's cousin's getting molested um anyway but not <laughs> not on this album <laughs> sorry <laughs> um anyway <laughs> carousel umbra um Tell me you just bought a synthesizer without telling me you just bought a synthesizer. This yeah. big ass 10 minute track is just full of cool synth stuff. But I think the highlight usage of synth on this album is All of My Love. Yeah. Because it's a cool song. And I like to think of this as Led Zeppelin's All Wait, where. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's, they're a guitar band, but this song is a lot more keyboard focused and i think yeah. it's cool to have a song like that once in a while where you just say hey giving the six string a rest yeah it's just really cool really cool song um and lastly you've got i'm gonna crawl which is this like suave ballad that kind of closes things out and yeah. it it's a strange album because there's so much i like about it but at the same time there is there's just a certain thing that puts it at the bottom on account of it being so unled zeppelin i can't really it's not yeah. the album i think of when i think of led zeppelin but when yeah. i put it on i enjoy it it's strange yeah yeah, yeah it, it it's um I, I really enjoy this album, but also, like I said, it's one of the first ones of theirs I heard all the way through back in, in the day. So there's a lot of nostalgia with this album as well. Mm. But but I have to admit that listening to them all together and then this one, this one sounds the most phoned in. Not not all of it. There are mm. parts of it that seem very phoned in for Led Zeppelin. And I, th I think if I read about it, they weren't really like enjoying working with each other and were kind of doing the bare minimum to throw together an album, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, but, it, but some of the shit is just amazing, but that, that I, I think that 
I guess as an original album, it it is their weakest, but the fact that they're weakest is the, is this like, that's fucking amazing. But this brings me to my, my, my gripe about Led Zeppelin. Now I'm going to preface this by saying I've loved, I loved this band so much when I was younger and I'm, I'm rediscovering that love now. So the, my gripe isn't necessarily me saying, I think this should be changed, but it's a definite, I can point at that and go, this is the weak aspect of Led Zeppelin. If there is one and the, 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 the weak aspect of Led Zeppelin is Robert Plant. And okay. Um, not necessarily as a singer, Although, if you listen to a lot of other vocalists from around the same time, he's not exceptional. He's no, he's good. He's, he's he's got that identifiable charisma. Yeah, but here's the thing: you take Led Zeppelin. By the time In Through the Outdoor comes out, it has been a decade of Led Zeppelin music, and yes. they have made it very clear that they do not give a fuck what anybody thinks and they will progress in any way they decide they want to progress. If they want to put a song that sounds almost like a little funky song on one of them, that, that's yep. going to be on there. They want to do like a fool in the rain. They're going to do that. They, like it run everything. Like just you know, as we go through these albums, I think almost every album has, has one of those moments where I go, man, they just didn't give a fuck. They just did whatever they fucking wanted to do. Yeah. That being said, all of that progression and then you take a song that sounds so fucking badass like in the evening and what does robert plant do with the chorus ah i need your love (laughs) he he literally cannot grow as a fucking lyricist he is (laughs) yeah the most boring lyricist and there's so many aspects of songs where i go if he had written better lyrics mind-blowing songs but there are so many songs that i can't get over that he seems like a dude that because he's sexy they're just letting him come along and they're just like look you can sing the women love you just do your thing And he's like yeah i need your love you already said i need your love in like 10 other songs doesn't matter i still need it and it's just like just fucking grow (laughs) it's like so and there's so much of that there's so many shit lyrics from robert plant that and i'm okay with one or two need you love kind of songs but there are so many to the to the fact the point like if you really wanted to sum up what are the leads up and songs about uh uh, lord of the rings and love (laughs) (laughs) like those those are the two things but yeah, so um, but yeah, the if, duality I, I, of man. <laughs> I know that there's more to it than that, but there's there's way too much baby need you love shit in their music, mm. and the music deserves better than that because some of it is so fucking amazing. Now, hmm. now I, I know there's some lyrics that are better, but I don't know. Did did other members write the lyrics? Did John Paul Jones write some lyrics and then? Robert Plant sings them, and that's why they're better on certain songs. I don't know because I'm not like a giant fan of this band. But um, mm. anyway, point being is that that always bums me out because "In the Evening" is such an amazing opener. Yeah. But 
the chorus, I'm like, he should have done something so much better than that for that part of the song. Hmm. And um, so that's it. That's I'm gonna, I'm not gonna gripe about it again until you know we get to another song that that's like that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that being said, I maybe that's what made Led Zeppelin so amazing because yeah. they were a band that pushed so many different fucking boundaries and broke so much ground. But there was still that maybe maybe Robert Plant was the the human element that was like keeping them grounded. Where Perhaps. they're all just like, you know, we're, we're sailing into the stratosphere and he's like, no, we want pussy now. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, that's that's what kept it all, you know, like the common man could be into them, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, in through the outdoors, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to bear in mind, Led Zeppelin didn't write songs that everybody liked. They left that, they to, left the that to the Bee Gees. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I had to fit that in somewhere. Which we'll get to the, that Wayne's World poster behind you throughout the whole thing. <laughs> we'll get to the. I was like, uh, when can I drop it? <laughs> we'll get to the Bee Gees eventually. Oh hell yeah! Um, uh, I started a joke. <laughs> I that, that they that, that's another band that like I don't know so much of their music, but every Bee Gees song I think I've ever heard I've liked. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there too. Put that on the list, Bee Gees. Anyway. Yeah, so that so in through the outdoors great, but it but it's the least great of their original actual albums. So I had to yeah. put it at number eight. So move on to number seven. Okay, well, um, continuing with a theme here based solely on the fact that it's probably the album that I have spent the least amount of time with. However, I still think it's rad. Is presence. So this is, that is this is where we this is where we part ways. Okay, okay, yeah. My number my number seven is presence, and yeah. up until we did this, it's always kind of been the forgotten album for me. Like mm. I knew in through the outdoor and pretty much every album around it, apart from maybe Houses of the Holy. I came around to that album a bit later too, but mm-hmm. um, I mean pre- presence. I'd probably spent the same amount of time with presence that I, as I had Coda, to be fair, but. Yeah. I always knew Achilles' last stand and nobody's fault but mine. And those two songs alone are, like, fucking incredible. Um, I mean, Achilles' last stand is just 10 minutes and not one second of that is wasted. That is just an awesome song straight to finish. Uh, For Your Love is groovy. Royal Orleans is a full-blown funker. It was at this point in their career where they were like, yeah, fuck it we've already yeah. we've proven it time and time again that we will continue to expand what we can pull off and just do it yeah. but um i mean nobody's fault but mine like i said incredible song absolute banger um candy store rock is a groovy upbeat rocker hot song for nowhere is this swingy rocking groover and t for one is a big ass smooth bluesy jammer um and it, it's a good album you know, uh, I I really think I think the reason it gets overlooked is because there's no big radio song on it. No, like there's no. no there's nothing from this that you overhear anyway that you hear on the the album rock radio or whatever. You it's, don't it's, hear anything. It's, it's definitely the hipster Zeppelin album for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, with that, it's still great. It's yeah. just fucking Led Zeppelin, dude. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, my number seven, I, I don't know if 
I think there are certain fans that, that this will trigger some fans that I put this here. Um, and others, I think, will totally understand what I'm talking about. Uh, my Can number seven. What? Is it Led Zeppelin 1? Yes, it's Led Zeppelin hey! 1. Hey! Uh, from 1969. So this was, I think they put out two two albums in 1969. I think this was January 1969. And then, yeah, and two and then Led was... Zeppelin 2 was at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, which that's how these bands fucking worked. But um, so the the one thing, because I this was the first one, and so I, I actually like did some research on it because I was really fascinated by um the the sound of Led Zeppelin albums from album number one. Because yeah. there is a there's a sound that sure other people have used it down the line, but I was like, did this sound exist prior to Led Zeppelin, which mostly has to do with the drum sound for me. Yeah. And I read that Jimmy Page was one of the first people to experiment with placing microphones further away from the drums and then incorporating that, what do you call it? Ambient sound or whatever room sound room, room sound into the mix. Wow. And that's part of the thing that I love that. And then of course, Mm. you know, later on you get like Steve Albini is another guy that does that shit a lot too. But apparently the, 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 the first like prominent person to fuck around with that was Jimmy page. And not only that, the this Led Zeppelin album was the first album that w- that was released stereo only, because pr- wow. prior to this, you could get a version of the album in mono if you didn't have a yep. stereo system or in stereo, blah blah blah. But this is literally just a stereo album. That's also very cool to me because that's that's as a as as a musician and a songwriter and a person that has put together his own music. That's one of my favorite things about putting together music is once you've recorded it, where does placing it, go? it everywhere and yeah. figuring out like what amount of reverb or room or whatever you're going to use and volume and all that stuff. And so I love hearing albums that take advantage of that kind of shit, which nowadays there are some bands that still do it, but for the most part, it's so fucking compact that it just it doesn't fucking matter. But I love the sound of the Led Zeppelin albums for the most part. And just that, that kind of recording. I just, I love it when you, cause I, I don't really care about the quote unquote organic sound. It, it can, it can, you can fuck with it however you want, but I just love an album feeling like you're in a world with the album and not that the album is like in your face and you're, it's just in one little spot and you're just like, fuck off, you know, (laughs) but, um, you're standing too close. God damn it. Yeah. But those are, and to me, those are the really big positives for the first album is that they right out of the gate sounded fucking great. Great fucking band. Obviously. I mean, they'd been, they'd all been playing in other bands for a while. So it's like, you know, they weren't new necessarily, but Mm -hmm. this was a new band. And, um, the, the reason why this one, even though, like, it does have classics, Communication Breakdown, Dazed and Confused, you know, um, those are on there, and there are some classic songs, but my gripe with this album is that it's just made up mostly of covers or reinterpretations of songs that already existed. 
Yeah. Um, this is where like Led Zeppelin get a lot of heat, where people are like, "Oh, they're Led Zeppelin. They're Led Zeppelin ones mostly stolen shit." <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's bluesy stuff that they yeah. probably heard it from somebody who was doing a reinterpretation of somebody else's version of it. So, yeah. I, I don't really care about that stuff. In fact, Me like either. you know, when there's other there's other you know examples where people point out that they may have ripped somebody off, and there are certain points where I go. Well, as a songwriter, we'll get to that. But I, I, there's some ways that I understand how that happens without you knowing it. But then with this, it's I think it's just that they were a new band and they were like, well, these are these are bluesy songs that we can easily fucking riff on. And if we're supposed to play a four hour set at this bar, we can yeah. literally do this one for, you know, 10 minutes, 20, you know, 15 minutes. So I understand it. But as you go through Led Zeppelin's catalog, you learn very quickly that the bluesy stuff is the least interesting stuff. And to me, when they truly become Led Zeppelin is when they leave that behind and Mm. they start forging like their own path. And like, you know, we don't need to do this, but there's even all the way up to, to Led Zeppelin three, there are songs that are really cool. But if you, break it down it's still just the blues scale and so um that gets kind of boring to me and then of course you know robert plant is very like ooh ooh baby a lot um (laughs) but um and a good example of that is it's communication breakdown has always bothered me because it's such a cool song Hmm. but it's almost like somebody had written the chorus of the song and went, oh, this is fucking rad. Hey, Robert, can you fill in the verses? Sure. I don't know what it is I like about you, baby, but I like it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally it gets to the chorus. It's like, I mean, I can't break I'm like, oh, that's fucking great. But then it goes back to the chorus. It's just like, oh, baby. I'm just like, oh, God damn it, Robert. (laughs) I call you Robert. Um, so I'm just, you know, so it's always bummed me out. And people, I've had people tell me in the past, well, doesn't it, doesn't it fit? Like he, he sounds like he doesn't really know what to say. And he's really, he's really into this woman. It's a communication breakdown. I'm all like, I think you're reaching with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think they had a chorus that was really good and he yeah. really didn't have any lyrics. So, um, but yeah, but it's still a fucking classic song. And once again, would changing it make it better? I don't know. Because like I said, maybe, maybe Robert Plant's weaknesses ended up being a benefit to the overall strength and popularity of the band. So who the fuck am I? But um, <laughs> yeah, the bluesy stuff gets old really quickly. But, um, you know... It's 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 a really strong debut, but just the fact that it gets followed up by an improvement within a year, um, I had to put it last because I'm just like, yeah, it's cool. Uh, well, not last, but you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's it has to be down the list because it's cool, it's a fun listen, but you know Led Zeppelin starts to become quote unquote Led Zeppelin to me um, yeah. a little bit later on, and then they do some of the most legendary music in the fucking world. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's my number seven Led Zeppelin one. Cool. Well, I can jump straight off of that. Cause my number six is Led Zeppelin one. Nice. Uh, and you know, the debut 
And Good Times, Bad Times is a hell of an introduction for a band. You couldn't hope for a better way to introduce a band than dang dang. Yeah. Like, we're here, damn it. You know, yeah. 60s, fuck them, they're done. 70s time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's right out of the gates with that banger. Some of the most iconic drumming right out of the gate. I mean, Bonham's on full display from day one. Well, he, yeah. I mean, I can't, I cannot talk, I cannot say enough great things about John Bonham. Like, he's just. Yeah. He's just because he does that thing where his drumming feels very relaxed, but also, yeah, ridiculously well constructed at the same time. Yeah, um, it's, so it, it's pretty amazing. It always struck me as like listening to a lot of Led Zeppelin. It is it's entirely dependent on which song you're listening to, but. It's almost listening. It's almost like listening to the smartest caveman to ever exist. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. You know, <laughs> this this dude is doing cave paintings of fucking equations because this guy can bust out a shuffle beat, but he knows exactly when to just yep. just exactly the right shit for the right part you know that yeah. i don't think i've ever heard a bonham groove that i didn't think was filthily tasty yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it, which it, is, it which is, is a big of, reason why he was sampled so much on early hip-hop too exactly so many bonham beats on hip-hop songs it's, it's all over early beastie boys isn't it yeah, yeah. The, for that first album has a few yeah yeah uh but um, it, a big thing for me with this album is I feel like it has some sequencing issues. Like I feel like all of the momentum they gain with good times, bad times is immediately dashed by babe. I'm going to leave you. I think both are great songs, but I think babe, I'm going to leave you should have been later in the album. I feel like that's one of the first, Oh, Oh, we kind of tripped there. You know, know that actually makes sense. Now that you're saying, I'm like, yeah, that probably would be a good, like side one closer, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I would have preferred if they'd swapped it around and gone dazed and confused there. You know, because that's a rocker, and it's like, or fucking communication breakdown. That's yeah. that always sounds like a like a number two song to me. You know, like the yeah. second song on an album. In a good way, not the not the bad number two. Oh way. yeah, no, not that number two. <laughs> um, Track two. <laughs> Check one. Track two. Uh, you shook me. Uh, one of many rock songs to bear this title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's one of the. Are you gonna? Albums. But you, but how long? How long do they want to be shooken? Because at least ACDC was just like, look, just do it all night long. Well, that's the thing. In this song, he says, <laughs> "You shook me all night long." Oh yeah, you're right. Like, it's it, and and then you've got loudness that came out with you shook me shook me all night long and then you yeah. got and then you got jet boy with feel the shake yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you got skin row with shake 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 it like a rattlesnake yeah and you got cinderella with shake me oh yeah all yeah. night uh that's my awful tom Kiefer impression now i'm all like my brain i'm just searching for shake songs like, yeah. Well, right, didn't anyway. 
the thing that always struck me funny while we're on the subject rattlesnake shake by molly crew both glam metal bands same song title same year it's yeah. just it just always struck me as it did to, one hear the other and think ah. there, there are some occasions in music where that happens and i always just look for which album came out first and i was like ah, they heard that shit when they were in the studio yeah <laughs> they like they liked this phrase yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say motley crew stole it from skid row because i just because mm. motley crew also literally just stole a phrase from def leppard and made a song out of it and yeah. so it's like that that album i, I love dr feelgood don't get me wrong but yeah. you know, rattle, rattlesnake shake or, or yeah, rattlesnake shake and sticky sweet. Or yeah. just like, <laughs> come on, dudes. Uh, but you know, now we get to track four. I mean, dazed and confused. Yeah, Black Sabbath would go on to make a whole career out of songs like this. This is one of the heaviest songs pre-Black Sabbath. You know. Oh yeah, this is. But right before Black Sabbath, like literally yeah. predating by a year. Like Black yeah. Sabbath was probably still Earth at this point. Um, yeah, maybe. yeah, they would have been. Yeah, it's really cool. Like mm-hmm. I remember the first time I heard Dazed and Confused, I was like genuinely taken aback because I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know there was stuff like this before Tony Iommi. You know, yeah, I thought he was the guy, but you know, there, there's things are more gradual than people would have you believe yeah um but you know you you got your time is going to come which has that big old anthemic chorus at the end black mountain sides a cool track communication breakdown up tempo mm-hmm. blast of pure energy yep um i can't quit you baby is you know a classic early zap track uh and i think how many more times is underrated because that is an ass kicker of a closer yeah um, but once again that's it's just a blues riff yeah so it's you know yeah it's not it's it's cool it's very well done but it's it's just not very interesting to me that being said like you said it's the first album it's kind of embryonic led zeppelin yeah led embryo we'll call it (laughs) it's it's like the bar band led zeppelin album like it you know they it's, it's their set from when they played the bars yeah absolutely um, oh, I guess um, you know when they when they started. I don't think they started playing bars because they were already well known. So I'm assuming that they probably started off playing bigger places. But um, yeah, you ever look at gigs from that time and think how strange it looks sometimes? Like you'll you'll yeah. see just like it, there's a really bizarre fucking performance of of Deep Purple doing Child in Time, and the uh, it's like a TV performance, and everybody is just sat in a semicircle around them looking really well behaved like yeah. obedient school children just not making any noise and just watching and it's yeah. like you play that 10 years later and people are going ah yeah fucking hey dude it's like really strange to see just this era before people were going skits but then again you, you look at stuff from the 50s of rock and roll i mean there was some pretty wild parties then i don't know yeah. maybe, maybe maybe places had rules before the mosh pit arrived <laughs> yeah. and rendered them fucking useless <laughs> yeah I, 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 I think that there was there were people that were hesitant to accept the fact that music makes you want to fuck you wanna get, yeah. <laughs> well, it, 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 it can give you like a physical 
response. And, you know, it took, it took several years, but then eventually more and more people just encouraged it. Like, Hey, you know, do, do what you feel when this yeah. music moves you or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were, I'm, there's still probably all kinds of venues and studios where they were just like, no, you will sit there with your hands in your lap mm. and you know, you can bounce your legs if you want to the beat, maybe yeah. clap along, tap your foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's it. But yeah, yeah, Robert Plant's a nice young man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he needs to work on getting bigger pants, though. They don't seem to fit him. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, with that, my number six, Led Zeppelin one. Cool. Bada boom, uh, bada bing. My number six, you already talked about it, Presence from 1976. Um, For me? <laughs> <laughs> Presence with a C at the end. Um. I like this album, but uh, and this is when Led Zeppelin had already become the Led Zeppelin that I think are fucking phenomenal. But I feel like this is an album where it does feel for their creativity. Uh, like it's a little bit of treading water here, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know why my dog's I, my dog's just barking everything. Uh, <laughs> okay. Guest on the show. Yeah. Um, and it's probably who knows? It's Amazon outside. Who the fuck knows? What What do you think of presents? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so pre- presents is great. Uh, it's re- it's still really high quality shit from a band that was just untouchable, you know, at that point. Um, and uh, and I just I love the 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 late the later day Led Zeppelin groove so much more than the early stuff. Yeah. Um, I just think that even with something badass like Achilles last stand, it, it still is not quite as interest, interesting as the few albums that come before it. And so I had to put it here, but, it, but you are right. I think this is an album that it's way better than it. It, it deserves way more attention than it gets, but I really do think it's just because there's no, there's no stairway to heaven or, or some, big fucking radio song on it um but it's i still i still think it's great so that's my number six presence we've already gotten to the point where i don't really have any other gripes because i can only gripe about robert plant needing love so many times before it gets really annoying (laughs) hopefully he eventually found love i think he did because now he does he does like bluegrass music and so you know i think i think he's finally done he's just like "Ah, i found i got love eventually yeah good for him yeah, Full credits. <laughs> he, he used to he used to live the city that I used to live in, Austin, Texas. Uh, Robert Plant used to live there. Oh shit! Yeah, he had a. Well, cool. I mean, he had a he had a house there anyway. I don't know how often mm. he was there, but I remember that people, some people, seemed obsessed with trying to find where he lived. And I was like, I mean, he, he probably wants to be left alone, but okay. But yeah. I, if I I think he lived because I think also Meatloaf lived there too. And I think they live, I feel like they lived near each other. Like Meatloaf lived near Robert Plant. And I was like, yeah, that'd be an interesting meeting of the singers. Yeah. (laughs) I smell a sitcom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, one of them's now dead, but you know, the the other one still kicking it. Anyway, um, we're we're at number five, top five Led Zeppelin albums starting now. Okay. My My dogs are very excited about that. I, th- I think they want to weigh in on this. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're mad at me for putting Les up in one so low. We love the blues rock. 
You ever, you ever seen that? There's a TikTok of a guy, and it makes me fucking laugh every time. And, it, and it's a guy. He's just filming, filming on his phone, and he, it's just like captioned with like diss track incoming, and he just walks up to his dog and goes, "A, a, oh, 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 oh," and the dog's just there like. And looking really confused at him. He's just, oh, oh. <laughs> it's fucking made me laugh. That's, that's funny. <laughs> oh, but yeah, my number five is As Is Of The Oli. Oh, all right. Um, too, w- uh, way, way too low, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. It's, it's one of those albums that came along a little later for me. So it's like, it doesn't have the sentimentality I have for the ones I, I put above it. Yeah, I also, very shortly after the other two Led Zeppelin albums, I got Houses of the Holy on vinyl back when I was a kid, too. Um, yeah. And loved it. it in fact, mm. at the time, it was my favorite. When I was when I was a kid, I loved Houses of the Holy. Yeah, great. It's a great album. And it, it's one of those really varied ones as well. This is, you know. Yeah. I feel like when they dropped the, uh, you know, numerical thing with their albums, they they were like, fuck it. We're done with numbers. Yeah. We're fucking symbols now. And yeah. we're going to be really, really weird, you know? And I like that. You know, the song remains the same. Upbeat rocker with these, like, bright, jangly guitars kick off the album. Excellent yeah. track. Burst of energy. Uh, Rain Song is a smooth track. Um, I mean, Over the Hills and Far Away. I mean, when this song kicks in, that's some feel right there. Yeah. You know? Uh, the crunch full-blown funk song one of my favorites on it like yep it's great yeah uh, it's just killer and so, some of the stuff on it is just like really strange like yep. i love it I, I, and it's one of those songs that really grew on me over the years because the first time i heard it i was like is this fucking zeppelin and now i'm like ah i'm delighted when it comes on yeah um Dancing Days, this song has a lot of tension and release going on, some really cool dynamics in this track. Now, this, it took me till recently diving into this to realize that the song I've been calling Dire Maker is pronounced Jermaker because it's a fucking reggae song. And the moment I realized that, I was like... I can't believe I never made that connection. I I I was just sat. I remember I was sat on the sofa with my girlfriend, and I just went, "Oh my god!" She went, "What? You know that reggae Led Zeppelin song?" She's really into Led Zeppelin as well, so she Uh knew exactly what I was talking about. I said, "You know how it's written, Dire Maker? It's Jer Maker." She just burst out laughing. (laughs) For fuck's sake! How did that take us this long? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great great track. I mean, these guys are a rock band, and they so far they've busted out a funk song and now a reggae track. Yep. Um, no quarter is this psychedelic track. That's and then fucking yeah. amazing song. Yeah, and and finally my favorite is the ocean. Yeah, love the love the riff in this song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta love an odd time signature when it shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's just great. Houses of the Holy is really cool, but it's uh, an unfortunate casualty of having been a later discovery from me, and I just have so much attachment to the ones above it that uh, it ended up there. Still in the top five, though. Oh, yeah. And being a Um, top five Zeppelin album is not bad going. (laughs) I mean, being a Zeppelin album, period, is pretty fucking good. Mm. Um, My uh, my number five is Led Zeppelin 2, their second album in 1969. See, shockingly low, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, really, the only thing that keeps us low is that they're still relying a little bit too heavily on on the blues riff. Mm. And... um, but it's in the top five because it's. I think it's fucking great. Yeah, because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an easy like. It's easy to see the improvement and the growth of the band, but I think the the fact that there still is a little bit too much bluesiness on it, and the stuff that's non bluesy is the to me the very strong shit on the album. That mm. just makes me go ah. They just they needed to shed a little bit more of that. And um, also, weirdly enough, I always felt like the production on this one is kind of all over the place. Like some songs sound really good and other ones I'm like, I don't get it doesn't sound I, great. I um, I can I can hear that. I don't yeah. know if it was if it was rushed and that's, you know, that's it. But I mean, just this gets to the point in their albums where you just start looking at a track list and you're just like whole lot of love. What is and what should never be? Heartbreaker, Ramble On, yeah. Moby Dick, all on this album. Yeah. Um, and so and and Moby Dick's a really good example of yeah of them. You can tell they're trying to break away from the blue stuff, but Moby Dick is still just a fucking blue. If you break it down, it's still just a blues riff. Yeah. Um. Now mm-hmm. that, that being said, it's done way cooler than than most other bluesy stuff but because there's a that's, three minute drum solo in the middle <laughs> well yeah but it's just it's just uh i think really that's honestly the only thing that keeps this from being higher is i think the four albums above this there have so much more that i just look at as amazing music from a band that their influences are now gone and now they're the band influencing. Whereas on Led Zeppelin two, it's, I feel like it's half and half or half mm. of the, half of it is the band that would end up influencing the fucking world of rock music. And then the other half is, Hey, we're, this is what influences us. And, and so it's in, in the, in the story of the band, it's, it's cool because the, the progression from one and two is great, but it's not until three, in my opinion, where, they truly get to that point where I'm just like, oh, this is fucking Led Zeppelin now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, Led Zeppelin two is a is a fucking banger, and um, yeah. But and, and also, I think when I was a when I was a kid, one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs was "What Is and What Should Never Be," and yeah. um, and I think that if I remember right, that's the one where I, I loved it when I was a kid because there's the break kind of a breakdown part at the end and the guitar keeps going from one speaker to the other speaker. And yeah. as a little kid, I was like, Oh, that's so yeah. cool. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Led Zeppelin too. It's great. It's a great album. It's Led Zeppelin. All right. Bye. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so uh, my number four then. Th- this is this is where it's going to get confusing because it's like uh, my number four is Led Zeppelin three. Okay, yeah. Okay, uh, so Led Zeppelin three is what I re- I refer to as the half and half Led Zeppelin album in terms of what each side offers. You know, okay. You got your rock side. You got the folk side. Yeah. He takes a lager drink. He takes a book <laughs> drink. <laughs> um, and, I mean, it kicks off with Immigrant Song. And, man, the openers are always killer. Like, what a ass-kicking song. Uh, yeah. But then that's followed up with Friends, which is psychedelic as all hell. Really mm-hmm. cool stuff. Yep. Celebration Day kicks ass. You know, the, the blue, since I've been loving you, the bluesy track known for the squeaky kick pedal. You know, and but that doesn't affect my enjoyment. If anything, I like it more. Yeah. You know, because I'm like that. You don't hear that anymore. You that that's a level of ambience and in the room well, goodness. That's so, so, like like there's a, like sometimes leaving in things mm. that would be considered mistakes just makes it so much more interesting. Like the like a good example on on Led Zeppelin two on Whole Lot of Love, where a vocal track that Robert Plant did prior to that was bleeding through the track that was used and yeah. they just left it because they could, they didn't know what else to do with it, but it still sounds very cool where you hear him go kind of before he says, Wama. you know, yeah. and it's like, that's the older track bleeding through. And I'm just like, that's fucking cool. Cause it's always been a very cool part of that song for me. And it was a mistake. So leave the squeaky yeah. kick pedal yeah, if your voice cracks a little bit and it sounds emotional, keep it in the fucking song. Quit editing everything all the shit, people. Yeah. Right? You're overdoing it. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Get some help. Act, act like you <laughs> act like you've been here before, all right? <laughs> um anyway. Matt, let me just double check real quick cuz I, I always get mixed up. I'm I'm just going to really quickly hear the opening to a song cuz I for some reason Doc's fucked up my notes for 3. I I must have had like some sort of fucking power cut or some shit, or maybe I didn't save it. Get your get your yep. shit together, Google. Out out on the tiles is my is my favorite song on this on this album. It's great. It's a great song. God, I fucking love it. I just I always get it mixed up with Gallows Paul because they're yeah. right next to each other. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But um I'm and the second half it's it, I can basically say the same for the second half of the album, basically just being, it's almost like you've got a rock EP and you've got a folk EP and you can pick which one you want to hear, you know, which is cool because this basically lays out where they'd go going forward. Yeah. Led Zeppelin one, like you say, they're the bar band version of themselves playing blues standards as well as some of their own stuff. Led Zeppelin 2 has one foot in the blues rock blues stuff and one foot in the rock stuff that they would define. And then yeah. Led Zeppelin 3 is like, yeah, okay, we've got a rock sound. Um let's grow beards and be hobbits for a while. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and yeah. I think it's a I think it's a cool album, but it's it's one of those that bounces around people's lists because of the way it's sequenced, I think. Um, yeah. I can see that. And I really like it, and I think it deserves to be in the upper half. But 
I think as a whole, for a listening experience, I have to be I have to be in the right mood for Led Zeppelin three, regardless of the quality of it. You know. Yeah. Whereas my top three, I can throw on whenever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Led, Led Zeppelin three is my number four. Cool. Uh, my number four is uh, Physical Graffiti from nineteen seventy five. Wow. And. And um, the big reason why this is at number four is okay. because there is an album's worth of some of the best music they ever did and a bunch of other stuff that's just pretty good. And <laughs> so it's too long. It's like it, it doesn't need to be that long, but there are amazing fucking classic songs on this. I mean, yeah, Cashmere is on this, but um. I, I, I still love it because it's enjoyable and still them being adventurous and doing whatever the fuck they want, which is the Led Zeppelin that I prefer. Hmm. Um, but it's just not, not every song is killer, but like every, you know, like the wanton song or wanton song. What would, how would you say that? I'd say um, wanton. The wanton song. Uh, and then of course the actual song houses of the Holy is on this yeah. and uh trampled underfoot is on this. And so it's just got so many songs that I think are really strong. And then other songs that I'm like, man, if they had cut this in half, it would be one of the greatest albums ever. But I think that it's just a little bit too bloated, but hmm. I don't know. It, that just, it's just me trying to make some sort of a, of a, uh, a reasoning for my, for my ranking. Uh, but yeah, the songs that are on this are, that I love, I love, and then the other ones are also really good. They're just not, it's like legendary and fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> just the fact that the legendary stuff just overshadows the other stuff to me. Um, and, it's, and it's just, yeah, to me, it's, I don't like really long albums most of the time. So that is already going to be a, a, a strike against it, but um, it's still fucking great. Number four, physical graffiti. Cool. So, uh, very nice. I've got that one a little higher because my <laughs> my number three. <laughs> speaking of falls, my number three is Led Zeppelin Four, otherwise known as the Untitled Led Zeppelin album with the cool symbols on it. Yeah, on the back or yeah. somewhere on it because that's yeah. it's the baggest. It's the guy with the sticks album. It's the yeah. album note. It's the album people call for but don't call for. The fourth Led Zeppelin album <laughs> I'm driving at here. <laughs> I, I still just call it four because it's yeah. just, it's like calling it's the, black, yeah. the Black Album the Black Album. It's not what it's called, but everybody knows that that's what you're talking about. So, yeah, for, for sure. And, and it's, I mean, because what, what are you going to do? You're going to walk into a room and be like, you know what my favorite Led Zeppelin album is? <laughs> that was me. That was me nodding my head and not saying yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's like, no title. It's like that fucking Pearl Jam song on Yield that's that's a red dot on the track listing. It's yeah. Just not even not even words. Just that's a little red, just like Pearl Jam. Go, go fuck yourself. Write a fucking title for a song. <laughs> Speaking of Pearl Jam, we'll get to that in a second. Um, Black Dog is a riff fest, and I love it. It's the song that made me fall in love with Led Zeppelin. First time I heard it, I was like. Oh, this is why. Because I'd heard, 
stairway, but at the point I was kind of spoiled by Thrash. Mm-hmm. So like you're talking early on, like 2010. So I was about 11 or 12, starting to learn how to play guitar. And all I yeah, wanted to yeah. do was learn how to go. Like, that's all I cared about. So when I first heard Stairway, I was like, I don't hate it, but it's not heavy. And then yeah. Black Dog comes along. Oh, right. I get it now. Um, and then gradually I matured. And when I got into Led Zeppelin, I actually you know, understood that soft ain't bad. <laughs> it's just a different flavor. Um, yeah. yeah. But you immediately follow up Black Dog with rock and roll, which is an absolute classic. That yeah. you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's overplayed." It's overplayed for a reason. Yeah, it's yeah. good. You know, uh, but then see, this is where they realized that how to sequence an album because Black Dog, then rock and roll, and then you got Battle of Evermore, which gives you a folky, like kind of thing going on yep. i love yep. the um love mongers version of that as well i am from the, from the singles soundtrack <laughs> which has pearl um, jam on it <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's all coming together it's all coming together um uh, stairway to heaven no stairway denied there we go uh misty mountain hop uh is a fun track uh walking in yeah. the park just the other day that's a that's a really great side b starter for me i, I love yeah. it i love the like kind of what's it called like is it like a wurlitzer keyboard like kind of that is it a is it a is it a a, a hammond no it's not a hammond is it i don't know i don't know what it, i don't know what it would be called somebody out it's, there you know something like that it's a keyboard of some description of the era um four sticks is really cool i like Mm -hmm. just the the feel of it first time i heard that it actually gave me uh, this is me showing my age here it gave me the vibe of the music that you would get in a spyro the dragon game and like stuart copeland composed the music for those games so obviously it's a very percussively driven thing and i thought to myself i'm sure there's a level in one of those games that has this beat in it and it's definitely lifted from this because he's a drummer he understands and respects you know bonham and what he did Mm -hmm. um but then okay finally we get to talk about pearl jam for a moment going to california uh it's a great great song that would are we, t- are we are we gonna talk about given to fly is that what's happening yeah I, I, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna mention that there yeah. is, there ain't no way in hell that, that that was an accident um but i mean it it could have been an accident at first and then they just had to throw up their hands and be like look it is what it is because i yeah. i, 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 I mean, think i'm I, saying i've written songs like that before where i yeah. go this sounds really great but it sounds like something oh fuck it it's gonna go and then later on you're like oh my god yeah. i ripped off Michael Jackson and, or something. And, oh. I'm, I'm not shitting on Pearl Jam. I love Pearl Jam. Um, and I love both songs. And I think both are great for different reasons. But like when I hear it, it's like the chord changes and the melody. It's like, wow, that is a that is an unfortunate case of accidental plagiarism if I've yeah. ever heard it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, both great songs. Anyway, we're talking about Led Zeppelin. Going to California, great song. Mm-hmm. Um 
But finally, closing out with the epic when the levee breaks. Yeah. Like, good God. And that, again, like we said, that is such an iconic drum break that... It uh, st- starts off the first Beastie Boys album. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's I mean, Bonham's all over hip-hop, like you said. Yeah. But, I mean, good Lord. He re- he really was the, the secret weapon. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, like I say, Led Zeppelin Four, you know, overplayed, maybe, undeniably awesome. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, it made it to your top three. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not talking about it yet. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I've, got a lot of, I've got a lot of things to say about my top two, but my number three is okay. Led Zeppelin Three. From okay. 1970. Um, you already talked about this one, but fucking Immigrant Song is, is just a, what an amazing way to start this thing off. Yeah. Um, so it's it's this album still is a little bit on the bluesy side, but this is the first one where I really do think it feels way more like their own shit, their own spin on things. Finally, like 100% just kind of comes full circle. And they, this, to me, this is the first like, where they're really like this badass fucking band that just writes amazing songs of whatever kind of song it is. Uh, and then the songwriting is improved on this as well. Um, I, I, I thought it was fascinating that I, I didn't really know that, that John Bonham did like any actual songwriting, um, but out hmm. on the tiles is almost totally written by him. Wow. And, and I thought I, that that's, fascinating to me so i i need to like dive in deeper and, and see like what other songs he had a hand in um and helping write but um this also has fucking tangerine on it which i mm. absolutely love that song it's just so there's a few really soft folky songs that that um led zeppelin do that are just some of to me some of the most beautiful music ever made when it comes yeah. to that kind of stuff and Tangerine's one of them. And uh yeah, I just think that um Led Zeppelin 3 is a is an insanely solid record just filled with classics and it's just another stepping stone in them just becoming this fantastic band and then they do two albums in a row. And I don't say this often with a whole with a lot, but really thinking about these albums and really Stepping back and looking at everything and then how I feel about it, I would, on these top two, I would use the words, the word perfect. Like, I don't think there's any way you could, like, even with my gripes about Robert Plant or whatever, these two albums, I I think that if there's there's a, a, a small group of albums that you can use the word perfect on... Like where I I would argue with somebody else if somebody didn't like it I'd be like well you're just an idiot this is not a matter of opinion this is a fact these are perfect albums I would say that about these top two so let's keep let's uh, let's get it let's get it going okay so uh, my number two is Led Zeppelin two alrighty. And you know, I, I initially thought that this was going to be my number one because it's it's always been my go-to Led Zeppelin album. Because yeah. for me, 
personally, when I think of what I love about rock and metal music, the thing that always draws me to a band is do you have riffs that are going to m- m- cause me to make a face? Yeah. You know? And we're all familiar with the riff face. This one. Although, Sorry, although I don't think my, mine, looked, mine looked more like a Robert De Niro impression right then. I don't know why yeah. I did it, <laughs> did it that way. You're, you're talking to A little me? bit. You insulted him a little <laughs> bit, you did. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, like I say, it, to me, this was where everything fell into place for them as a rock band. And sure. they, of course, they've still got the blues influence going there, but this is where it went from some blues and some rock to all rock with a little bit of blues in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, whole, it kicks off of Whole Lot of Love, Stone Cold classic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, fucking Lemon Song, the riffage oh, yeah. on display yeah. here, man. Thank you. Heartbreaker. Good Lord. I mean, one of my favorites is Heartbreaker. Living, loving, made. She's just a woman. Like, funny enough, funny enough over here, the, I don't know if it's, if it's this way all over the country, but in Austin, in the, the prominent classic rock channel on the radio, they would always play Heartbreaker and Living, loving, made next to each other. Yeah, yeah, because for me, it's the same with me as well, where it's like, bow, down, down, get it. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. they're, they're incomplete without one another when I, when I listen to it that way. I think it's. Yeah, I, I, never, I never thought of them that way until I started hearing it on the radio, and then I go, oh, okay, I guess it makes sense that they go together. Yeah. Did I forget a song? I did forget a song in my notes. What is and what should never be? Fucking incredible. Oh, track. which I love. Yeah, I watched one yeah, of my favorites. I can't believe I didn't write that down. I, I thought Lemon Song was was a little early. Anyway, like I say, I mean, Ramble On is a perfect example of Led Zeppelin as a whole in one song. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you got the folkier end of the rocking stuff. You know, it starts with like, it's just. It's like if you brought an amp to Middle Earth, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> the, is it me or has autocorrect gotten worse? <laughs> because I I did these these notes for for the most part on my phone because I lost my fucking laptop charger for a week. I found it now, right on the day when, after I needed it. But right here, I, it says money dick. why is that so funny <laughs> it's a good name for a band that's what it is money, money dick, dick. Uh, oh my gosh okay it's a good name for a male prostitute i'll tell you that <laughs> oh money dick all right yeah. Oh, that's old Money Dick. He works the corners. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, uh, no, you're you're not you're not looking for him. You're looking for the the electronic music guy. He's that's Moby Dick. He's over there. <laughs> uh, uh, and then b- bring it on home. To bring it on home is a cool closer. 
it brings it on home. And that is it why It does I, what it says on the tin. It yeah. brings it on home. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Led Zeppelin too. It's it's the... Of the first four, um, like, kind of, quote-unquote, numerical era, mm-hmm. it's the one that I gravitate towards the most because it's like, they're early on and you can tell... It's Ride the Lightning Syndrome, I call it, you know, where they come out with a major improvement on their second album, but they're still mm-hmm. kind of hungry and young. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that Led Zeppelin at the time were a no-name band, but they had yet to become the monolith oh, yeah. Yeah. that they would. Like, they very easily could have just been, like, another one of those, you know, a band that came out in the early 70s with a couple great records and, you know drugs took over or they got dropped from the label or some shit but no these guys fucking owned it and they still do own it the, yeah you know they are one of would you say one of the big four classic rock bands absolutely oh yeah 100 if you, if you were to do like a big four of classic rock like who, well, who would the, make the cut you're talking like led zeppelin but who but how far well what do you include in that like is the beatles included in that because the beatles i would include just because I, they're so influential to so many, and yeah. I think that the majority of their output is is not. There's some people will call them overrated, but I think that that's just silly. Um, some of their stuff isn't great, but the, the 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 large amount of it I think is insanely good. Yeah, for me, when I, when I think of classic rock, I tend to think of classic rock. Because I don't necessarily think of by by modern standards, I don't really think of the Beatles as a rock band so much as I think of them as a pop band of their era that just so happened to write really interesting songs. I don't think they were all rock. I suppose. I mean, they've got rock and roll elements to them at points. I mean, they're, they're, done- they are they are a rock band. It's two guitars, bass, drums. There's no yeah. You know- I, but but I th- I think. I think my line of thinking was kind of kind of altered by they're not I suppose I suppose it kind of when bands like Led Zeppelin came along it became a lot more about like riffs whereas yeah I, I but, you, but but you want to know what it's when you started doing that riff that first note made me want to go bow. I mean there's a there's a lot of shit, but you can maybe make a separate four that includes like them and like the kinks and bands like that. Uh, then, I, I, I'll 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 frame it I'll frame it differently. If if we were to do like a big four British invasion bands, it oh. would be Beatles, Rolling Stones, you know, you that Led Zeppelin. Yeah, Led Zeppelin, but they, like British. they, yeah. The but I'm th- I'm thinking of like how how long okay. was the British Invasion era? Like, uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't think it was very long, but it was very impactful. Yeah. Um, like and, when is when is that era considered? Is that like early to mid sixties, or is, yeah. does that run into the seventies? I no, I don't think. I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not a musical historian about that era at all. But um, it <laughs> seems to. It seems to me that yeah. when you cross when the bands that 
are in the tail end of the 60s and into the 70s, I think they're not... I wouldn't call them British invasion invasion because at that point yeah. Led Zeppelin starts, Black Sabbath starts. When was yeah. when did, Deep, did Deep Purple start in the in the mid sixties? Deep Purple's um, a funny one because they started as like a completely different thing as they would end up. So there's like three sixties yeah. albums where they're like kind of psychedelic, yeah, um, psychedelic. You know. That you got hush like na 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 na, but yeah. as soon as 1970 hits, they're a fucking hard rock band. Yeah, and then that's what they would continue to do there on end. I'm just it, thinking the, in terms of yeah, like this is very. Like enti- this should be an entire episode on its own, trying to figure yeah. out who would it be because there are bands that I think of, and you could make that same distinction where maybe they're not full-on rock because i would say pink floyd is insanely influential uh, yeah but yeah. pink floyd it was more psychedelic rock and they they you know they they weren't super riffy all, all the time they have some riffs but i mean for the mm-hmm. most part they're not really known for that um I'm, I'm so would pink just... floyd fit in more with the beatles than than led zeppelin i mean Shit. It's a tricky one because I'm I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to think of it in terms of um like era scene where they're from oh, the shit. circumstances I mean, of the time. Like cause it, like yeah. if we're calling because if you think about it, it the, the Beatles came along early early to mid sixties and got real interesting in the mid to late 60s yeah but by by the time led zeppelin started and came along beatles were already almost gone yeah 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 i'm thinking about more in terms of if you were to do a big four of 60s classic rock and a big four of 70s classic rock oh shit see see because it's it's that thing of I mean, Nirvana put out Bleach in '89, but they're not an they're not an '80s band. Yeah. Okay. Know? So, but we're not we're not talking just England. We're talking talking anywhere. Talking, '70s rock. I'm talking Big Four '70s rock. Who were so, the kingpins? You know, because I'm inclined to think. So, yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. This is this is this is this is the four that they are in my brain. Because they're the four that I look at and go, oh fuck yeah. Um yeah. when they were they got big in the 70s. Okay. So Led Zeppelin. Yep. Aerosmith. Of course. Um um I had it. I had it right there. Where did, where the fuck uh, Rush? Okay. Kiss. Okay. I was thinking Kiss too. Mm-hmm. Um I'm th- I'm thinking God, it's a, it's tricky though because then I think, what about Queen? You know, I mean, Queen got mega success by at yeah. least the end. Like, yeah, yeah, it's tr- it's it's tricky because once 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 one once someone becomes testament, it's <laughs> it's was it's that was, thing of, was um. I don't. 
then there's know. ACDC. The, the, the only one from that group that I'm comfortable with leaving out is Aerosmith <laughs> because like, I love yeah. them. They, they're huge, but I don't think that they, because all of these bands we're talking about are, were, were insanely influential. And then you've got a band like kiss, which was arguably the most popular of all of them because yeah. they crossed over into this area where they were, just fucking, uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what, what you would call that because it's like, it's music. Musically, they obviously influenced a lot of people, but also they were just massive, it, like celebrity, celebrity status type shit. Yeah. Um, their personas anyway, you know? Man, I, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do a lightning round. Okay. Uh, I, I just typed in classic rock bands, 70s, and we're just going to... I know we're absolutely teasing the listeners right now with the number one slot, but, you know, build suspense. Let's do, like, a quick thing of do you think they're eligible for the big four contest okay. of 70s classic rock? Okay. <laughs> Starting off great. Leonard Skinner. No. They, Allman they, Brothers Band. No. Grateful Dead. They, I knew none no, of those were going to make fuck? it. What the fuck? This yeah. is all music that should be utterly destroyed and removed from existence. <laughs> okay, here we go. Aerosmith, obviously eligible. I mean, I, I mean personally, yes. I, yeah. I, I could see arguments to not, but yeah. Okay, Steely Dan, Eagles. I mean, so Steely Dan is like, like that's a band you listen to when you go, holy fuck, that band was killer. But did yeah. they really have the reach... Yeah, to you know, an influence on that that was wide, uh, a wide spanning. You know, I don't think so. For sure, uh, Eagles, Talking Heads, ZZ Top. Oh, so the Eagles. See, Eagles could be. They got loads. Of they hits. were huge. They were huge. Yeah. Um, like, like when you can turn around and go greatest hits volume two, I feel I feel like you've made a success of yourself. And, well, and their greatest hits volume one isn't it one of the best selling albums of all time? Like it's yeah. like it might I've be got a the copy best selling somewhere. album of all time. Yeah. Um, talking heads get fucked. They they don't they get, remove them. <laughs> remove that shit too. ZZ um, Top, Blondie. Yeah, I like Doobie ZZ Brothers. Top. Uh, I love some Doobie Brothers, but that's not. Does, that, does yeah. that count? Is Doobie Brothers considered Southern rock? Because there's some, they're way too funky for me to call them Southern rock. Because I don't know. They, 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 maybe they dabbled in a lot of these bands dabbled in a lot of different stuff. It was an interesting yeah. time. Yeah. Um, man, it it feels so sad to me to 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 no longer see Kiss since 1973, and it just says 73 to 2023. Oh. It, it it saddens me that they're past tense, you know. But they're they're not. They're going to yeah. be born again as I, I, in, I, an, in anim- Fortnite. An, <laughs> an animated theme park video game. I fuck. I don't know what it's going to be, but you know. I'm you know I'm I'm here I'm here for it. Whatever it is, unless it costs a lot of money, and then I'm not here for it because I yeah. don't have that. I spend too much money on records, so I can't afford <laughs> your expensive ass shit. But. Yeah. Uh, oh, Chicago, Journey, Led Zeppelin. We've we found Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. They are definitely they are they are in there. Um, Ramones, Van Halen, but Van Halen came along too late. They're, yeah, they're a big four eighties band. But our man, they're they they are just an entity to themselves. I don't think yeah. they belong to any 
any decade. It's just Van Halen. They're a big four in themselves. Yeah, <laughs> they literally the big yeah. four are whoever's in Van Halen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've got Blue Oyster Cult, Credence Clearwater Revival, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd would be in the run-in for the big four. Uh, the Doors. Would, yeah, yeah. The do- the Doors are great. Were great, but I they're not. They're a band that that I some people seem to really hate, and so mm. and I could see that it makes sense. I'm I'm gonna make a call and say that I think Black Sabbath should be in the big four of seventies classic rock. Yeah. Mainly mainly solely based on the fact that they birthed an entire genre. And yeah. said genre has countless subgenre versions of it. So yeah. I feel like I feel like to exclude Sabbath from said big four of this would be would be foolish. Cheap trick, the who the cars, yeah, cheap, cheap trick were too late. I would say, yeah. The, car, the cars, same thing. Cars, amazing yeah. band. I don't think that they they they're they're more new wavy. Yeah, Sly and the Family Stone, Velvet Underground, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Deep Purple are in the run, and I I reckon, I think, yeah, yeah, probably. I would say so. Mm. Um, they're they're very influential. I, I I yeah. So it's it's hard it's hard to say because I I really do feel like you know. Black Sabbath was like the top of a pile of music that made heavy metal. They yeah. were just like they were just like the prominent one on top. They were but the I cherry. don't think but I think all of that together, Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, all of that stuff together is what is truly influential because really like if if Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple didn't exist and it was just Led Zeppelin would would they I, would later on? I, I feel like it's the combination of bands that is the big deal in the seventies. That yeah. all that shit existed all at the same time. Like it's like yeah. the it's like the early nineties for us. It's like you know just thinking that all these fucking bands were out at the same time. But imagine the seventies when because the the bands in the in the in the nineties would point to the bands in the eighties and the seventies. But the bands in the 70s weren't pointing to any other bands like them. They were pointing mm-hmm. to music that was in different areas that wasn't rock and roll necessarily unless you want to get to get into the Beatles and whatnot. So, I mean, that's just an amazing fucking time for music that it's just like the shit is essentially new yeah, in certain ways. And that's... We take that for granted. We really... I think we take... Hmm. bands like led zeppelin for granted sometimes because it's just like oh yeah they get played every fucking hour on the classic rock radio but there's a reason for that and anyway so i don't know that'll be another another uh another episode where we discuss top fours of different things maybe that might be interesting yeah yeah i i definitely think just while i've got this list up i think rush acdc and queen would be in the run-in for that. Because um, they all came along early enough. Yeah. And but I, I, mean, I, would, I would throw I would throw Rush in there simply because the the prog world, because they were a big band. Because you have other bands that the prog people can look at. You can you can look at, you know, fucking Yes or some band like that. Um, yeah. But Rush was the one that I think had the biggest reach for influence. Mm. And the prog world is, you know, every prog band is into Rush, I would think. Yeah. 
But, um, but you know, they're not all into King Crimson. You know, it's like, yeah. This episode but, you know. is sponsored by Rush. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, all right. I'm sorry. Let's get back on track because I have to do my number two. Cool. Um, one of two, what I would consider perfect albums. Okay. Um, not there's like I would. I don't think this is a fight me situation. Like I really don't think that there's any other way to look at these two albums any other way okay. than they're perfect. And. Um, it, it this is the only way that this was going to work out. This felt perfect to me, so um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it. My number two is Houses of the Holy from 1973, and I can't imagine. I because I read that critics didn't think this was a good album when it came out, and hmm. that is why. You so 1973. <laughs> what is that? 50, 50 years ago. Fifty yeah. years ago. Music critics were also full of shit. They've been full of shit since the beginning of time to mm-hmm. now. Some of them aren't, but a good majority of them are because their heads are really too far up their own asses to really see what good shit is. And I think that's exactly what was happening with Houses of the Holy because it's just, you have to think about Houses of the Holy following up what is arguably one of the biggest rock and roll albums of all time. And and I guess at the time they didn't know that, but they knew it was fucking popular. They knew they had Mm. fucking nailed it with, with Led Zeppelin four following it up with houses of the Holy, where they continue their progression and still are just like, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want to do. Hmm. And they're still making some of the best. It's like some of the best rock music ever made, but still they're, they're experimenting. They're pushing boundaries all while writing fantastic songs. And they didn't just try to recreate the, the formula of, of Led Zeppelin four on this. And I love that. I love and, and like, just like the tracks on here. Song remains the same. The rain song, dancing days, no quarter, the ocean. If those songs were the only ones on the album, it'd still be amazing. But it's just like, yeah, it, it's just so. And and it's and it's what it's Led Zeppelin does. What I want every band to do, where. Everything, every album, some sort of progression and something different. And then within that album, we are going to give you these different vibes that somehow our mad genius brains have thrown together into this cohesive album. It all sounds like Led Zeppelin Houses of the Holy, but Mm -hmm. you could talk at length about the differences between each song. And... To me, it's just amazing. And so many bands are just so happy with fucking phoning it in, especially after they have a hit album. And yeah. I'm just like, the fact that, like, you know, th- this early on, like, I would say that there's not even a Black Sabbath album that I would call perfect. You know, mm. there, I love Black Sabbath, don't get me wrong. Closest, and, and they, I think, I, is Master of Reality. Yeah. Yeah. That's, pro- that's probably for me as close as it gets. But um, but just I can't 
I was trying to think of something on these albums, like even even Robert Plant's everything about these. Like he, I don't know if he wrote all the lyrics or if other people wrote lyrics, but even even on the songs where it's more supposed to be more of a love song, I feel like he did a way better job of expressing himself in an interesting way. And I don't know. <laughs> the house is always fucking amazing. Mm. And um, the only reason it's number two is because my, my number one album I feel like it is one of the one of the number one musical things that I think people take for granted how mm-hmm. fucking absolutely mind-blowingly amazing it is so much so that I just looked at the track listing and I went number 1 <laughs> so so that's my number 1 but we're not, but houses of the holy number 2 but I I think that if we were going to talk about my favorite Led Zeppelin album, it's going to be Houses of the Holy, hands down. Mm. Um, But I got a lot to say about my number one, and um, we'll get there. And your number one is a little bit closer to my my number two. Yeah. Um, So my number one is Physical Graffiti. Now, this is a double album, but Uh a... A double album by 70s standards, which I think it should have just stayed. <laughs> you know, I think double albums don't need to be any longer than this. Because yeah. really, really, a double album is two records. The length of the max you can fit on four sides of vinyl. Um, yeah. But nowadays, you got motherfuckers dropping, like, 24 song hip hop albums and it's like and and then and then a month later they have a special edition of that that has 32 tracks on it yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and honestly this album is one of those that's kind of like a gift that keeps on giving situation because normally like you i'm not a fan of overly long albums yeah this one, on the other hand, like, there's so many songs on here I just fucking love. And even the fluffier, quote-unquote, filler material on here, I, I feel still fits enough within the album's aesthetic that I can just get completely lost in this album. And by yeah. the time I'm out the other end, I'm like, wow, that yeah. was a ride. I mean, it, it um, is utterly enjoyable all the way through. Like, like you're You're right. Yeah, and and f- for me, this this album, in terms of, I kind of looked at it in a way of, how many songs on here are undeniable bangers that I am not sick of at all, you know, and not one of the songs on here am I tired of whatsoever. Every yeah. other, you know, every other album of theirs has that one song that I'm like. I know this beat for beat. I can start on another track if I, you know, if I have somewhere to be, you know, yeah. whereas, th- th- whereas this one, this is a stay in the car until it's over. This kind of situation. Um, that sounds like it'd be a good slash and mash. Like what the fuck would you remove from it? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be tricky, but, yeah. uh, but I mean, custard pie is only bastard, isn't he? 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great, it's a great opener. The Rover, good God, the the riffage in that song is killer. In my time of dying is just a killer eleven minutes of badass bluesy swagger. Houses of the Holy, wrong album, classic Zep. Um, yeah. Trampled underfoot. That clav riff is iconic, man. Like, I that is one of those I never get sick of. That yeah. Yeah. And to think, these fuckers had the audacity to put a song like Trampled Underfoot, like it, a song that if you had one song like that on your album it would be a mic drop moment. Immediately follow this song up with fucking Kashmir, dude. Yeah. Good God, man. What an awesome song this is. And I know we all know it, you know? Yeah. Are you sick of it? Because I sure as hell ain't. No, no. That's, like, that's... This, this, this is one of those that's just immune. It's like this mighty monolith obelisk of a song that just lords over you like hey i'm eight minutes of of pure awesome and you're gonna sit through every fucking second little bitch (laughs) (laughs) uh in the light this song is borderline sabbath territory you know Mm. like like I know Sabbath were out at this point and yeah. they probably heard that and were like, oh, hey, that's cool. Let's try our hand at that. But, you know, they do it so well and with mm-hmm. their own flavor to it, you know. Um, Bronyor. Yeah, like- I, I, I don't know why I've always had, I mean, this may be a thing that happened. I don't really know, but I've always just imagined that that Tony Iommi and, and Jimmy Page and... Um, Who's the guy from Deep Purple? Uh, Richie Blackmore. Richie Blackmore. I just imagined them all just getting beers together and just being like, "Yeah, <laughs> what is what is it like? Just being fucking badass and like, what are you doing? I'm doing this riff. Oh, it's cool. We, I should do one like that. Yeah, cool. Let's fuck it. Let's do that. I just feel like <laughs> they were buds somehow. Like yeah. they, they, they. I feel like they just all seem to be working from a similar mindset of of these just creating these amazing riffs and, and i don't know so they, they just seem like similar dudes to me i don't know why it's kind of like how uh, something that always something that always amazed me was was i mean this is going on a few years now but just never ceased to amaze me how there's like a grouping of bands that were you know, were rooted in the seventies, but were hair metal adjacent later on. And yeah. there's like, there's dudes that were in like Quiet Riot, White Snake, and Aussies band within the span of like a ten year period. And I'm like, yeah, what a fucking life that is. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know what? I was thinking about that recently because I, um, I've been going back and you know listening to to some some White Lion because I love White Lion. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, fucking shit. That's fucking James Lomenzo on bass, who's now in Megadeth. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's fucking sweet. Yeah. 
it's wild isn't it like it, yeah oh man like it, i'd love to see like a database I, i'm praying that this exists so that i can find oh, it one you, day i'm sure it does. like there's like a database family tree of just like pieces of string attaching every band to every band like a six degrees of kevin bacon sort of deal but it's yeah. with like it's with all the hair metal bands that were like 70s band adjacent and they were just like somehow in everyone's band at some point like tommy aldridge tommy aldridge was in umpteen fucking iconic rock groups yeah yeah it's killer stuff i'm love, actually curious that. now that you mentioned that i'm curious to know who who has been in the most bands like that that were like when it comes to 70s, 80s rock, the most successful bands, who was in the most? Like who touched the most platinum selling rock albums in the 70s and 80s? It's got to be one of the Toto guys, man. One hundred percent. Like I, I'm, I'm seriously thinking to myself, who, who is someone that comes to mind as being on? absolute unholy fuck ton of stuff well, I, and i'm thinking i'm, I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm like, meaning being a full-fledged member like they were in, introduced as a member of the band at some point like who would okay, that be then. you I know? know i'll have yeah, to would it would it be would it be Vinny apathy <laughs> i don't know yeah <laughs> well, i mean to be fair if you combine Vinny and carmine in into like just <laughs> yeah just one uh siamese twin kind of situation i mean they win um but good god man like that anyway yeah that that, that'd be interesting anybody knows who's the who's who's been in the most successful rock bands more than anybody else i'm wondering the apices or (coughs) pieces because because one says one and one says the other oh i think one i think we should say fuck you to both of them and call them a pice you guys are now the Apice brothers. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to start any... I don't want to start beef, especially with Italians. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I've just seen... See, You know what I said about fucking... Uh, uh, I don't uh, even know. If, I don't even know. Yeah, you know what I said about autocorrect? By the way, I, I don't know if they're of Italian descent, but I just made a guess. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> down by the seaside. Now, <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to... <laughs> it's a soothing balls type of track. <laughs> So no, here's the question: Are 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 your are the balls doing the soothing, or all of their balls being soothed? Oh, they are like, soothed, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That one Led Zeppelin song. If you're gonna have a song that's gonna soothe your balls, it's by, it's the seaside song. <laughs> oh man, I was supposed to say ballad for fuck's sake. <laughs> I need to misspell that more often because that was funny. <laughs> uh, um, ten years gone. Sorry. Um, yeah, ten, ten years, years gone. gone. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna be. This is what we've. This is what we've been reduced to. <laughs> okay, uh, ten years gone. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ever since the dog met again. <laughs> uh, ten inch dong. Fuck! Ten I did it again. Um, <laughs> ten years gone is a laid back groover. Um, laid <laughs> back boss. <laughs> Night Flight, uh, cool, psyched out guitars on this. I was going to say cool soothed balls. <laughs> you can't. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> Wonton Song. So many killer moments on that song. Um, boogie with Stu is a folky boogie. Black Country Woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, is she from blue- the black country or is she herself black? I've always, I don't really know. <laughs> so just, oh, right. I need to, I need to get all the, I need to get all the genitalia out of my head. Um, right. Bluesy, 12 bar. Fuck. I, I'm sticking with it. Sick again is one last rocker to close out on. Um, Dick again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, physical graffiti. You, but you, but you, you, this is your oh. fault because now my brain is just hearing words that sound like dirty words, and that's just going to be where I'm, where I'm doing from now on. You're just going <laughs> to. Balls, dog. Cock and balls. Balls of evermore. <laughs> okay, right. Over to you. Physical graffiti is your number one. It, it do be that, yes. My number one. You know what? When I decided to put this number one, I was like, am I being a basic bitch by putting this here? But then I went and listened to the album and I'm like, no, I really think we take Led Zeppelin four for granted because Mm. it's so, uh, so much of it is we've heard so many times and, but it is, it's considered a classic for a reason. And it's Mm -hmm. not just, not just that, there's no bad, there's no weak song, no. and it's a good variety of songs. The way it's sequ- sequenced is fucking perfect. It's just, just the perfect blend of Led Zeppelin doing their like acoustic, their epic, their their rockers, and it's just one of the most perfect albums like like ever made. Like I, I, I yeah. It's just, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing because like, not only that, like other bands in the future, you know, would try to make albums that were this good, but Led Zeppelin were just making another Led Zeppelin album. And it just happened to be Led Zeppelin four that they made. Like, it's just because prior to this, like, if you think of like bands from the sixties or whatever, this is 1971 when this one came out. If you think of like bands from the sixties, Sure, like you had like, you know, people would talk about how great like Revolver or Sgt. Peppers or something like that. But you go back and really like peel apart those albums and you're like, "Eh, it's not 100% awesome. Mm. It it may be insanely influential and maybe Led Zeppelin IV exists because of Revolver or something like that. But prior to that, like there wasn't, 
a big deal about making a fucking album that's just amazing as an album. Yeah. So, I mean, bands did it before Led Zeppelin, but I just think that it's just, it, I, I, you, I have to bring myself back to like, what if I was 13, 14 years old in 1971 and this album came out? Like, at one point, this album was new. Nobody had heard it before. Yeah. And and I remember when I was a kid, when I got Led Zeppelin IV on vinyl. And I don't think prior to that I had ever heard Stairway to Heaven all the way through. Wow. Because um, I would have been like nine, maybe nine mm-hmm. years old or something like that around the time. But I remember playing the record on my parents' stereo in the living room my parents had like one of those big shelf ones with the giant speakers and then the turntable rested on the top and um they never used it and so like i would get records and they would be they would go to the store and i'd throw on a record or whatever um and so i just remember listening to stairway to heaven the first time and just being totally like this is like watching a fucking movie like the way that it plays out and it builds up and then there's just this ridiculously fantastic guitar solo at the end. And then it ends. It's just everything about that song. It's like, yeah, it's overplayed and people fucking, you know, love it. And then they get tired of it, but it's only because it's just infected so much of what we think is great music that it's, it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, you like you walk outside and try not to notice the fucking sky above you. It's like you walk into the world of rock music and like, Oh shit, here's fucking Led Zeppelin four again. It's, it's like, you know, and so, um, and so just listening to it, I'm just, and I think it's great that I took this big break from Led Zeppelin because I just like, I'm getting to go back and sure. I've heard black dog hundreds of times over the years. Still love it. It's still fucking amazing. And I still love the fact that a song like that exists with an odd time signature and a, and a riff that at first you're like, what is that? Where did, where's the one? Where does it start? Yeah. Um, but um, it's just such a massive step forward between Led Zeppelin three and this album. And it's just, it's amazing to me. Just, just putting together an album like this, that is over 50 years old. And I can still listen to it. I'm just like, it still seems way ahead of its time for me. Yeah. Like it's just, it's amazing. And so I put it in number one, just because I'm like, man, there's it's, it's, it is really good. I would call it a perfect album, but also it's just so the, the, the fucking rock and roll world would not be what it is without this album. So many of the, of the bands we love, may not exist or may be a slightly different if it wasn't for an album like Led Zeppelin four. So yeah. I think it deserves to be number one. And I just, yeah. Like I said, it's not my favorite houses of the Holy is my favorite, but I had to go number two, both perfect though. But both, I just, I just listened to them and go, God damn it. These fucking guys were just like, had how do you know? It's like, imagine that somebody would, like they couldn't have known. I'm sure they thought what they were doing was cool and they were really into it and they were proud of it maybe, but I just can't imagine a group of dudes just sitting in a room 
and writing these songs. And when it comes to Stairway to Heaven, like there's that controversy about it being ripped off from some older song that you can go listen to it online. You can listen to the comparison of the two. And if that is true, if it is actually influenced by that other song, I think the band is Spirit. I think that was the band that did the Mm. other song. Um, I feel like it was accidental. Like I've said many times on, on other podcasts, as a songwriter, I've had plenty of those times where I've written something and I thought, oh, this is so good, only later to find out that not even thinking about it, a song that maybe I'd heard once or twice a year or two prior had seeped into my songwriting. And so I don't think in that particular case, I don't think they deliberately ripped something off. It's either it's either great minds thinking alike or Jimmy Page didn't quite, that part of his brain, if the song was in there, that part of the song was in there, and then it came out as it came out. But to be fair, you know, people love John Carpenter's The Thing way more than Howard Hawks' The Thing. Is that the guy that did the original thing from the 60s or whatever? Um, so sometimes taking something and changing it into something else, you improve yeah. it. You make it better and you make it something that's ridiculously influential. And so at that point, you just kind of, you just kind of chalk that up to, you know, we're all just living in this big musical soup Mm -hmm. and some of us deliberately rip things off. I think most of us don't. Most of us are just influenced and sometimes it just comes out in a song, but. um, Oh yes. It's much like Star Trek, the next generation. (laughs) In many ways, it's superior, but will never be as recognized as the original. I suppose you could flip that round for this one, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, I yeah. I like to so drop that wherever I can. I love so a good Led, Led Zeppelin IV. Um, that, any, anytime, anytime in my life I've ever been, you know, since 1992, anytime that mm-hmm. I've gotten to be on, a, on the edge of a really tall building, I always make the Hakalugie reference every single time. <laughs> You know, Cassandra, from this height, <laughs> you can really hock a loogie on someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, my number one, let's up in four. Um, I don't, you know, obviously uh, everyone's got entitled to their own opinions, but uh, you can't deny that that album's perfect. It mm-hmm. is. And um, yeah, that's it. Let's all, oh, man, the, big, the first band of 2024. And so the first time of 2024, we're going to celebrate. Our, our completion like we normally do three two one yeah, yeah we did So th- thank you to- is a great song <laughs> and a great title too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's in GTA five hey, hey, GTA reference before we got out. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you to the peanut butter platypuses and the aluminium squirrels out there. Yeah. Um, for those They're of you who did, the, for those of you who did not watch the, the Christmas slash holiday special we did um, that birthed, 
a new uh, uh, what would you call that? A character? Not really a character. Uh, symbol. A symbol. De- demographic. Of, <laughs> a, yeah, a symbol of a symbol of our uh, our biggest supporters. Mm. And um, really, I think at this point, peanut butter platypus is a thing that like a lot a lot more people know about it. And only mm-hmm. some know aluminium squirrels. So the aluminium squirrels are the ones that are just yeah. like, like I'm soothing your balls. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, thank you all. Even those of you who this is your first time uh, listening or watching. If you've made it this far, then you are a peanut butter platypus because that's what it, that's what it means. It's you, you come yeah. here and you, you last through all of our bullshit um, and all, and also, um, as usual in the world of YouTube, uh, you know, use the comments to put your uh, your ranking of the nine Led Zeppelin albums, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, or you know, whatever. If you have if you have memories of Led Zeppelin or just whatever, just put it all in the comments because I, I like reading that stuff. You know, as long as it's not you shitting on shit that we had to say, because I think that we're pretty. Well, sometimes I'm not. Um, I'm not very kind. But I think, you know, a lot of my complaints are warranted, I think. But everybody else, like your perspective and the way that you feel about things, I love when people do the really long comments that sort of just explains how they feel about everything. Um, and it's done in a very sort of level-headed um, kind of way. I love reading that shit. So thank you guys for that. Um, you got any parting words before we get out of here? Uh, this was fun. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the year. And, uh, I don't even remember what we're doing next, but I'm sure it's going to be great, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> but we'll talk about that after the show. Um, but yeah, and we've got a lot of bands to go. We have a list. I think we already have a list that puts us all the way through the half, first half of the year at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we and we do. I know we do have another really big artist coming too. That. Um, yeah is not not i wouldn't say as big as is led zeppelin but you know up there and um we've got we got some big names on this here list i'm looking yeah. at and of course we have your you know grooved and removes and slashed and rashes and your uh i haven't had anything to drink i don't know why i'm slurring like that um <laughs> uh what, what's that other thing we do um, you okay man i need to need to call the <laughs> need to call the ambulance <laughs> see you see see in our sidebar uh no i'm good i'm good i'm good i haven't had anything hello no 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 yeah my mate in texas yeah he's no it's in, no it's, it's oh, one, 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 eight, yeah. eight, nine, nine, nine. Oh, that's great Anyway, yeah, that's it. We'll be back uh, next week with uh, whatever we do. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be fun because you're going to be here and we're going to be here. So um, as usual, I'm going to throw it over for the first time of 2024 to Mr. Eddie Sparks to take us out. Later, 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 dude. Ooh. Later. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Oh! (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.